This podcast is brought to you by the Maryland State Library Agency. The MSLA podcast features presenters from statewide youth programs, as well as learning opportunities for library staff and resources for patrons of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Biggs with the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled and the Maryland State Library Agency's monthly podcast. Welcome to LBPD Guest Hour. Today we have Marcus Williams. He is a master gardener and he is going to be talking to us about gardening, gardening techniques, and how the world kind of revolves around plants. So let me read his bio for you and then we're going to jump right on in. Marcus Williams is a master gardener, home horticultural agent serving in Baltimore City, Maryland. He received his MS in food safety and biosecurity from Virginia Tech in 2017 and his BS in plant and soil science from Virginia State University in 2009. He has worked as a volunteer Green Ranger for AmeriCorps in Knoxville, Tennessee, and as an agricultural and natural resource agent with Virginia Cooperative Extension. Most recently, he's worked for the USDA in Howard County as a soil conservation technician. Prior to joining the extension, he worked at the Maryland's Emerging Cannabis Industry, and you can contact him at 410-856-1850. Again, that number is 410-856-1850. Marcus, welcome. So much thank you for being here. Uh, Pleasure uh, having me. Awesome. So I got to ask, were you a plant person as a child? Uh, Of course. So... I was a part of 4-H and the area that I'm from, if you like Planters Peanuts, I'm from the home of Planters Peanuts, Suffolk, Virginia. So I've been around plants my entire life. So what drew you to plants? So I took uh, agriculture classes when I was in high school and um, it didn't help that I, uh, it didn't hurt that I I uh, played football. I had a football scholarship to uh, Virginia State, and that kind of spurred my uh, love because they had agriculture there. So I was able to do something that I liked and do something else that I liked at the same time. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. April is coming. It is here, and it's gardening month, National Gardening Month. And I guess that means that it's the perfect time. Like the soil, I guess, is good, and the weather is supposed to be good. So a lot of our individuals are across the state. So we have people who have home gardens um, outside. Some people have them inside. But walk me through it. Walk me through it. Like if I wanted to start a a garden in my apartment, what would I what would I want to start with? Would I want to start with like a a, a Venus flytrap or something? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an interesting plant to start with. You want to make sure you first have the uh, right space to start. You want to make sure that you know that your area at least has eight hours of sunlight. And next, you want to make sure you have the proper pot. It's uh, deep enough for what you want to grow. And it's at least from an inch to about five inches wider than the plant that you want to grow. So the plant has significant space. You kind of, I kind of tell people you don't want to throw everybody in a closet because we can't all fit. The same thing with your plants. You don't want to uh, plant them in a space too small. I know nothing. Uh, I'll be honest. I know nothing about gardening. I'm terrified of gardening. 
what kind of pots would I need to have? Would I need a clay pot? Would I need a plastic pot? Would I need, can I use a teacup? You know? <laughs> if it's, uh, you can use a teacup if it's uh, big enough to house the plant that you want to plant. You can use a clay pot. You can use uh, a plastic pot. Just making sure it's sturdy. And also it has holes, water holes at the bottom of it. So when you go to water your plant, that your water, that your plant isn't sitting in uh, water. It kind of drains right through. Okay. So what kind of plants are really good for growing inside the home? You can grow anything from herbs to almost whatever you like. If you like uh, and, wanted, and wanted to grow lettuce, you can grow lettuce inside your house. If you have a space, you can grow anything almost. I've seen people grow palm trees. I've seen people grow uh, fruit. I've seen just about anything inside. If you can think it and that you have the know-how to actually grow it, you can grow just about anything. What's your favorite thing to grow? My favorite thing to grow is something that I don't like personally. I like to grow tomatoes. Okay. They, they take a little bit of skill to grow them. Tomatoes are very finicky, but they'll also tell you what's wrong with them. If they're not getting enough sunlight, they'll do this. If they're getting too much sunlight, they'll do that. If they're getting too much water, if they're deficient in certain nutrients, they'll turn colors. They'll turn anywhere from blue to um, brown to yellow. They'll tell you everything that they need. So if they need it, they'll, they'll indicate it. You've been gardening for quite some time. You know, you obviously represent uh, years of knowledge. But what should our home gardeners, for those who want to start planting outside, what should they first do? Like, should they, do they need to get their soil tested or do they need to buy soil? Like, what, what's, what's the first step? So if you're going to grow directly in the ground, then you definitely need to get your soil tested. You need to get your soil tested, I hate to say, almost four or five months ago. So you can, the reason it's, I say four or five months ago is because you want to get your results in time enough that you can actually make a change to your soil. But if you don't want to mess with all of that, if you have uh, raised beds, you can grow in the raised beds. And you, what you can do, you can buy soil to put in it. And you basically start with a clean slate, no diseases, no pests, no anything. You don't have to worry about pH uh, being off. You can just start uh, from scratch. What is a raised bed? I, I, I don't know what that means. Oh, of course. A raised bed is basically a structure that sits on top of the ground. And you put soil into it. Uh, it's, it's usually made of wood, but it can be made of anything from uh, steel to rubber to um, plastic. And basically, it's a box. And you fill that box up with soil. It can be anywhere deep from um, a couple inches deep to uh, 16 inches deep, just depending on what you want to grow and what space you have. Okay, so let's start my backyard garden. Uh, I'll get one of these raised beds and mm -hmm. I'm going to put some soil in it. What kind of soil should I be putting in it? I, I can walk into Lowe's yes. and they've got 15 billion kinds of soil plus sands and, and other things right there. What kind of soil should I be putting in my garden bed? So I like to go off of the uh, quarter system. 
You use a quarter potting soil, a quarter peat moss for a uh, pore space, a quarter cow manure or chicken manure or horse manure, but uh, manure in general. So that's quarter potting soil, quarter um, peat moss, quarter um, manure, and uh, a quarter uh, vermiculite. Vermiculite is something for a pore space. And if you find that at Lowe's. You can find all that at Lowe's? Yes, ma'am. Okay, because I don't think I've ever walked into Lowe's and asked for manure before. <laughs> So definitely, you can say I want some uh, compost. Uh, they have thing. They have something like that's called black cow, and that's uh, manure or compost. It's not in the state that you would think. It's not like straight out of the uh, animal. It's uh, been processed, so there's no um, way that you can get any um, diseases from it, and that's in a bag. Okay, so um, I'm going to be doing a quarter potting soil, quarter peat moss, quarter manure. And what was that fourth one? Uh, vermiculite, or you can use garden soil. Okay, and garden soil. Yes. And I, I get that into my bed. And now I, I'm looking at the plants because I've walked into, I, I have been, you know, to the gardening center at Lowe's and they have ones that are already started and they have ones that are just seeds. Mm-hmm. Which one would I, would I as a first time gardener want? Would I want the one that, that's already started? Or would I want the one that where I plant the seed and I make it happen from seedling up? So it really depends on how quickly you want to see something. I enjoy watching the uh, miracle of nature. So I'll get some seed. But if you don't want to do that and you want to take out the uh, guessing game and want to see what you already have, you can get plants that are a couple um, months old like you normally see in the uh, in the uh, garden center with your transplants. And you can transplant your flowers or vegetables or what have you directly into the soil. But you just have to make sure that you have the space. What do you mean by have the space? Can you go over that? Of course I can. So when you have, so when you put in your uh, plants, you have to make sure that they have a uh, space to grow. That means for their roots to uh, reach down and get um, nutrients. And it also means to grow um, lengthwise, and that's uh, vertically and laterally, so they're able to spread out. So you want to have at least five inches in between plants at the least, so they can spread out. And that's just so they're not, it's not so they're just not touching. Uh, you want to have some space in between them because they'll start to fight for resources. You don't think of plants fighting for resources, but they'll be fighting for resources. I assume that they do it with boxing gloves, right? <laughs> yeah, most actually they do it for they they might do it with boxing gloves, but most of the time the action happens um underneath the ground where they're taking up water and they're taking up nutrients. And you'll see um if you've ever seen when you plant um plants around a big pine tree, that pine tree is gonna take nutrients from the soil, but it's also gonna take nutrients before. Um, the plants around it can get to it. So they'll start to become deficient and that pine tree will kind of manipulate the uh, soil and turn the soil um, to something that's not hospitable. Okay. I'm going to go with my home garden. I'm going to pick the seedlings that have already sprouted because I'm impatient and I want to see them right away. (laughs) Being, Being that I live in 
um, the Baltimore metro area, you know, what kind of plants should I be looking at purchasing um, that are that are going to be raised in this area and do well in that potting mix that we talked about? So it depends on what you want. If you want uh, vegetables, um, surprised that we have a uh, vegetable that's native to Baltimore City. They're called fish peppers. Fish peppers are actually native to Baltimore City, so they're ready for this climate right now. But if it's something that, that didn't, that's not something you want, um, it depends on what you want to grow. You can do roses, you can do um, vegetables, you can do fruits, you can do, uh, and the fruits, you can do something that's native to Maryland itself, which is uh, the pawpaw um, tree. You can plant pawpaws, you can plant, I've seen people with figs, I've seen people with just about everything. So I'm someone who always wanted to try my hands at my own vegetables. With that potting, with it being raised up off the ground, are the roots going to get enough? Are they going to be deep enough so that I could grow a carrot or uh, a thing of lettuce? So that comes back into the uh, depth of your raised bed. Um, if you're going to plant something that is a... Uh, that has the brunt of the vegetable underground, like a carrot, like a rutabaga, like a um, turnip or a potato, you have to make sure it has enough depth. So something like a carrot, you want to at least make sure it has 10 inches, that the bed is 10 inches deep. So when you plant that carrot seed, that the um, carrot has enough room to grow. Okay, so I'm going to pick... I'm being imaginative here. Um, uh, I'm going to pick peas. Mm -hmm. Peas are good. Um, yeah. I, I know that our parents made us, like, force-fed them to us when we were kids. But as an adult, I seasoned them. So, that good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do peas. I'm going to do a head of lettuce. I'd like to do squash because I love squash. Would that three take up all my garden? Yes. A squash takes up. A, an, an enormous amount of space. Just one squash plant is going to uh, need at least somewhere around a neighborhood of 10 inches by itself for just one plant. Because depending on what variety of squash that you um, get, most people use the yellow crookneck squash and these spices. And then you have to remember that uh, peas do best when they're uh, on a trellis. So you would have to put a trellis in your raised bed for the peas to be able to grow up to and vine onto. Okay. The trellis, is that like a, because uh, like I know what it is on like the side of the house. Yeah. How does it work in the garden though? So that, that's exactly how it works. It works the same way. It's like a, a fence that you can just kind of put a stake on one side of the uh, bed and put on the, a stake on the other side of the bed and have something mesh or something fenced like that the um, peas can grow on and uh, kind of lash themselves too. And when they're ready, you can just pick the peas right off the uh, trellis. Okay. So I now have a garden that's full. Um, it's got my, you know, three favorite veggies. Each one, wouldn't each one have its own growing requirements in terms of like how much water, how much sunlight, how much... So they're all going to be um, things that we'll see in the summertime. So they're all going to need uh, at least eight hours of sunlight. 
and they're all going to need at least eight hours of uh, darkness. So kind of they're going to need to simulate a good amount of sun and they're going to need they'll need four sun and they're going to need also four darkness. Their water requirements are going to be uh, pretty much the same. Squash is going to be the most different. Squash does best when it has an abundance of water, but if it gets enough water, it'll be fine. So for the for the home gardener, the first time home gardener, how would they find out? Like, you know, they they got their seedlings, they got or they got their seeds, they've planted them, but I just happened to pick my three favorite vegetables that apparently sound good with water or, or seem all good with water. But I've seen it where I have seen plants that like some require water once a week, some require water every day. How how do they find that out? Is there like a are there websites? Are there places to go to get information about what each individual vegetable or garden plant or rose or what have you might um, might need? So when you uh, buy the seedling or even when you buy the seeds from the uh, store. They're going to have all the information you need to know on either if you buy the seedlings, it's going to be on that little um, card that's sticking in the uh, plant. And it's going to have the sun requirements, it's going to have the space that it needs, it's going to have the water requirements, it's going to have everything. Uh, on the flip side, on the seeds, it's going to have on the back of the seed package, it's going to have all that same information. They kind of try to take the guessing work out of it. And if you are still confused from all that, what you can do is you can go to the extension uh, website and you can go to vegetables. And then from vegetables there, you can go and just put in that vegetable and they'll give you all the information that you need. For those who are wondering, the Maryland, um, uh, the University of Maryland Extension's website is extension.umd.edu. And one of the first choices is Home and Garden Information Center. <laughs> <laughs> so our Home and Garden Information Center is in uh, is in Ellicott City. Yeah, but it's got a but it's got a wealth of information for our our listeners to click through. Correct. So if I wanted to eventually be a better home gardener, and should I take classes on gardening? Should I? You know, I know practice makes perfect, of course, but should I check out the classes at the extension office for for more information? Like what what should I do to improve my gardening skills? So if you want to go to a next step from just doing it yourself, you can take uh, master gardener classes. And what we do is we offer those through extension. Uh, We have one class going on right now where for uh, 15 weeks, you're going to uh, uh, our local um, Silver Arboretum. And we also, in conjunction with the uh, state class, we're on Zoom and you're listening to um, classes done by uh, extension uh, personnel from around the state. And you'll learn everything from uh, water science, horticulture, pruning, biology, ecology, just about anything you can think of when it comes to plants. And you're learning. Tonight, the class is going to be on fertilization and nutrient management and pruning. So you're learning all that when you decide that you want to take the Master Gardener class. It's kind of a semester of college in a couple of weeks. 
Now, with the extension, are there costs associated with, with these classes? So the cost varies from county to county, locale to locale. Um, the class is in uh, Baltimore City. Our class is $250. That includes the book. That includes all the material that you use while you're in class. And that also um, includes the classes that we have outside the ones that you take on Zoom. That's the ones that are held at Silver Arboretum on a Saturday where we're learning specific Baltimore City subjects. So about container guards about water uh, waterways that are in uh, Baltimore City. It's about soil that's in Baltimore City. So it's basically a drilled down version of what you're learning online, but specifically for Baltimore City. And it's the same for all the other localities, classes that are not uh, Wednesday and on Zoom are gonna be county specific. Now, going back to container gardening, that's kind of like what we talked about in the very beginning, right? Where we had a plant inside of our part uh, inside of our imaginary apartment correct or on your patio or on your patio okay very cool so if i were a more advanced gardener what should i expect to gain from these master classes like what should i be able to walk away from it with so you should be able to walk away with being able to teach one of these classes to people in your neighborhood and also a greater knowledge of agriculture as a whole and hort well agriculture horticulture as a whole and how to kind of pull off techniques whether it's coming from pruning or tea budding or um, planting certain varieties of crops or even being able to access certain knowledge about certain plants. So, what's your best advice for uh, for a home gardener getting started? What's your best advice? You want to try everything. Some things are going to work. Some things aren't going to work. You want to uh, basically, if you're going to grow on the ground, you want to get your soil tested. It's kind of like if you are a baker and you want to know what ingredients you're starting off with. So you want to test. You want to test your soil and say, okay, this is here, this is here, and this is here. So I don't want to put something in my soil that my soil doesn't need. You want to definitely, the things that you see in the store catalogs might not always work. You want to definitely find what season that you prefer. You might like spring. So you might want to only plant in the spring. You might not like, uh, you might like it when it's hot outside. So you want to plant in the summertime or if vice versa, if you want to extend your summer and you want to plant into the fall, you might want to plant in what's called the second summer, which is that three months, August, September, October in the beginning. And you can plant in that time. You plant anything because it's still warm. Or if you prefer to be in the fall, then you would start in September and go September, October, November, December, and still be able to plant something. There are plants that can still grow in December? Of course. There's some plants that thrive on cold weather. Like what? Uh, rosemary. The herb, rosemary. Yes. Oh. Well, that explains why it died when I put it out on my, put it in a pot house last July. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was too hot for it. See, I told you, I don't know much about gardening. And this is, this is amazing information. Uh, most definitely. Um, so it's some herbs and some vegetables 
that it has to be at least 60 degrees or 60 to 85 degrees to do well. And there's some uh, herbs like our lettuces that don't do well in hot weather. So they like a cooler climate. They like a cooler weather. So they'll start to do something that's interesting if you're in the plant world. So if you put a uh, lettuce and it starts to grow in warm weather, what it'll do is it'll start to bolt. What that, what that means is it'll start to go to seed. And it'll put on, it'll put out seeds, but it won't uh, be something that's, that you want to eat. But it's something interesting to look at. <laughs> Can you describe uh, for us the the feel of certain plants? You know how to tell when a plant is maybe um, by by feel or by touch how a plant may be sick. Of course. So if a plant has that's kind of a, a combination of seeing and also feeling. So if a plant has an insect, you'll be able to feel on the uh, underside of a leaf. You'll have to turn the leaf over, but you can feel like an egg sac right there. And it'll be some, it'll be raised area. You'll be able to say, okay, I want to see what this is, but you won't be able to, of course, see what it is, but you'll be able to kind of feel and say, well, something is there. And you can scrape it off and you can put it in a plastic bag and discard it. If the plant is sick, you can feel where the plant is starting to die. And you can kind of feel that area so you'll know something's wrong. And you'll have to either take a picture or you have to take the leaf off and kind of have a sample of it. And what you can do is you can even bring it into the extension office. Or if you're near Homewood, is what we call it, the extension center. And uh, Ellicott City can bring it there and they can tell you what it is as well. So many of our patrons are visually impaired. Could they take a picture and have and send it via email and say, is my plant okay? Yes, they could. If you can answer a couple questions, you know, what's going on with it as far as the uh, soil, is the soil dry, what kind of plant it is or what did you buy? So you can tell some, if you can uh, relay some simple questions that they can tell you what's wrong with the plant. That's really cool. Cause um, I know that there are apps out there like Be My Eyes and like look out where it describes things, but to actually have a conversation with someone sometimes might be a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that actually brings up another thought in my head. When you were getting started, I'm assuming that not every plant survived. Correct. How I won't say how do you get over the guilt because <laughs> you do feel a little guilty. Um, you, we, we have to remember that plants have feelings and plants also feel pain when they start to dry out and when they die. And it's been kind of research done that plants give off electric stimuli when they are flourishing, when they're not flourishing. So plants can actually feel. Okay, so now my brain is going to the little shop of horrors where the plant <laughs> could feel. <laughs> uh, for those who have not um, had the experience, Little Shop of Horrors is a musical where uh, a plant from outer space comes comes and uh, takes over a plant shop. <laughs> yeah, shop, and he's like, "Feed me, Seymour." <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> Well, Marcus, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today and for giving us such wonderful information. Do you have any last minute thoughts that you'd like to share? 
definitely this is the time to be planning to start gardening in the next month. So plan everything, try everything. Remember that gardening is a year-round sport. It's something that you do all year round. If you're not actively in the soil, then you're planning to be in the soil when it gets warm enough. Wonderful. Marcus, thank you so much for being here. I truly, truly appreciate it. And I know the patrons of the Library for the Blind and Print Disabled and the Maryland State Library Agency uh, appreciate you being here too. My pleasure. This has been a presentation of the Maryland State Library Agency. For links to additional resources provided by today's presenter, please visit the show notes. For more information on MSLA or the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled, visit MarylandLibraries.org.